0: From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Martin Lee and this is the Autosport Podcast. Time to have a look at what happened today in Free Practice 1 and 2 for the Monaco Grand Prix. We have a bit of a contingent over there, actually. Jake boxall Leg, Matt Hughes, Stuart Codling from the Flat Chat podcast. And I'm delighted to welcome onto the podcast for the first time a new voice for Autosport podcast uh, listeners. And that's our news editor. Recently joining us is Sam Hall, but you are no newcomer to motorsport. You've been doing this for a while, but you're new to autosport.
1: Yep. Yeah, um, hi. Um, yeah, I've been working in motorsport in Formula One since about 2014 for a variety of publications. Um, but yeah, this is definitely a step up and uh, I've been thrown in the deep end here taking over from Hayden for a week. This is this going to be entertaining.
0: Yeah, now Hayden's been doing the Friday podcast with me for a while now, and we kind of got into a bit of a a bit of a routine with it. But he mentioned a he's off for a, not one but two foreign weddings, neither of which is owned, by the way. So he's enjoying some well earned time off right now. So here we are to have a look back at uh, at Monaco today, where of course qualifying is the most important Saturday of the entire year it's a cliche but it's true Uh, which makes friday very important as well free practice one free practice two of course we always look at fp2 numbers because that's when the fuel comes out often the softer tires go on and we start to get a look at the competitive order but let's see what happened today
1: so how did it shake down in free practice two then who was quickest sam that old name at the top again isn't it is max verstappen was at the top but it wasn't all his own way um he's had his problems with the rear of the car specifically already this week uh this weekend um and charles leclerc he avoided the leclerc curse for the weekend so far it's day one he's still got two days for this um he was second fastest with ferrari actually showing some pretty strong pace That is until um, there was one particular nasty moment for Carlos Sainz late on. Um, We'll probably come to that in a minute. Mercedes with their upgrades. Lewis Hamilton 6th and George Russell 12th. It's hard to read too much into there um, at the moment. Pretty much as you were. Lando Norris, really, the standout for me. And fifth, unfancied McLaren... Oscar Piastri in 18th so again it's Lando Norris driving the wheels off that car.
0: With its fancy pants new uh, triple crown livery that McLaren have on this weekend. McLaren got a pretty decent chance in the Indy 500 this weekend I think less of a chance at Monaco but anything can happen yeah and it's not just the fact that I think that Lando was 5th but it's Lando was 5th but only 4 tenths off of Max Verstappen which is still a long you know long way of Formula 1 but uh, good for McLaren And, uh, and then so yeah and then the second Red Bull of Sergio Perez in 7th. Also, I think, pretty standout. The Alfa Romeo, Valtteri Bottas in 8th. In and the two Alpines of Gasly Ocon. And, um, and yeah, we mentioned Carlos Sainz in a bit. His fellow countryman uh, Fernando Alonso up there in 4th. Again, just two tenths off in the Aston Martin have been full of news headlines this week with that Honda Works partnership engine deal, which Uh, had been rumoured for a while, but uh, lots of good reasons why it wouldn't have happened. So what do you think, Sam? Do you think Red Bull are as dominant here as they have been lately? Lots of people saying, actually, this this is going to be perhaps, with a little bit of bad luck, the chance maybe for Alonso to get a win in 2023. And it's not like Perez and Verstappen are miles ahead of everybody. Leclerc was just uh, six hundredths of a second off. Max Verstappen's pace today and his teammate Perez down in seventh so they're not running away with it what what does it look like in
1: terms of Red Bull pace to you it's kind of a two-part question really because will Red Bull be as dominant no I don't think they will their car this is they've admitted themselves this track does not play to their strengths it's not got the long straights that they need but will Red Bull be dominant I still think yes this is the opportunity for them to slip up Aston Martin, Fernando Alonso in fourth, got to be rubbing his hands together and going, if I'm going to get a win this year, this could be my chance and what a place to do it. My money would still be on Max um, for the weekend, but yeah, Checo at a street circuit as well. Would I bet against the Red Bull 1-2? I think you'd have to be very brave to do that sort of thing.
0: Ferrari fans are going, hang on a minute, we were second and third today. Like, come on, we, we got a fair chance here. But your Ferrari have been qualifying pretty well lately. Of course, it's a unique track. The traction zones are so much different than than any of the higher speed circuits. So, yeah, Ferrari might think they got a chance uh, this weekend, and they genuinely might as well. And I'm sure everybody who is an impartial fan would love to see Charles Leclerc finally have, you know, a bit of luck on his home race and not be denied by or well, various reasons. But uh, but it was his teammate making the headlines today. There were two incidents today, one in FP1, one in FP2, uh, kind of big ones. I suppose the bigger one was this morning. Can you explain both of those for us?
1: Yeah, they were, um, for anyone who's seen Monaco before, they were two of the most typical Monaco shunts I think it's imaginable to have. <laughs> um, FP1, we saw Alex Albin bin Williams at um lost the rear of his car going into the corner. By this point it was too late for him to catch it and he just went rear into the wall first. That sent the front pitched round into it and massive damage all the way down the left-hand side of the car. Williams somehow managed to get this car out during FB2, not for the start of it, but it was about midway through. And Alex, fair enough, he was 19th fastest. But when you've lost that little bit of confidence around Monaco, it takes you time to get back into the swing of it. So that was a brilliant job. And he was still faster than his teammate, who, let's be honest, is suffering a bit. And he knows this track because F2 race... At Monaco, So it's not like he can blame it on a new track, but that's getting slightly off topic there. The other crash was Carlos Sainz, as we mentioned, coming out of the swimming pool. He did exactly what Charles Leclerc did in qualifying the other year, clipped his right front on the barriers on the first part of the corner, went headfirst into the barrier on the exit, and that that's all they wrote for his session, really. Um, it's just lucky he had a time in the bank already. I don't think the damage is going to be too great on that. The head-on impact there, it's usually front wing. We saw wishbone on the suspension go, so probably new front right suspension, new front wing. Not too much more damage, I would guess, just eyeballing that one.
0: As you say, typical Monaco accidents, both of them, just those which you think, uh, once you've started to have that accident, it's only going to end uh, you know, one way. A Ferrari just need a clean it's a clean weekend to get through a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, as indeed Monaco is these days, not a Thursday, Saturday. Um, Sunday has been this way for a while now. But yeah, and also a, a great, great weekend of action if you are streaming it on the app, as I tend to do these days because I tend to sort of squirrel myself away with the iPad and the... <laughs> My 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 big TV is probably on Peppa Pig or something, but yeah, there's sort of F3 and uh, F2. There's the Porsche Super Cup um, alongside Formula One, so it's always always some good stuff to watch over the weekend in Monaco. Right, let's talk a little bit about some of the articles uh, that you have been looking after posting keeping an eye on uh, to autosport.com today, the last couple of days as well. Jonathan Noble really succinctly summed up the six big upgrades to Mercedes-Benz. Huge interest with the Imola race last time out being cancelled for obviously very good reasons. And our thoughts are still with everybody in that area going through that recovery. Um, So they bought the upgrades here, even though they won't make the biggest difference. Next next weekend in Spain, Barcelona is going to be the big one for Mercedes-Benz. Hopefully they don't, Uh, bend any of those new bits that they're bringing but the car does look significantly different for this weekend can you run us through those big mercedes changes any mercedes benz fans listening if they can be hopeful of more pace this weekend
1: well yeah it's um is a significant upgrade package and uh, i have actually got the list right in front of me so that i can't get this wrong um (laughs) so we'll start at the front we've got the front suspension that they've changed the top wishbone um forward leg Inboard pickup has been lifted, so it's more akin to the Red Bull there. Um, the floor fences, has been changes to the camber. The side pods, let's be honest, that's the biggest talking point from the changes. Um, because before we obviously had the zero side pod concept, the disappearing side pod, whatever you want to call them. Now there's big chunky side pods on there. Um they're kind of a combination of the Red Bull, Aston Martin, and there's a hint of the Ferrari in there, so you've almost got mm. you've almost got all of the combinations that you could have, or everything that you could have, combined into one. So whether that's a sign that Mercedes don't particularly know which one they pr- prefer at the moment is um, a cause for debate, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, so you've got the side pod inlet, which is the most noticeable, as I said. Then the side pods and bodywork sort of swoops around to the floor, similar to the Ferrari at the rear. Then you come to the rear wing, there's increased camber on the rear wing flap to increase load, and the rear brake duct winglets have been changed as well. Um, So, yeah, you've got significant changes on there, and as you rightly said, Mercedes probably breathed a sigh of relief at the end of the um, two sessions today that both cars came back seemingly intact um, and that there were no big moments, especially with Russell, who was not the happiest bunny out there yeah he didn't have a great friday okay so that
0: is front suspension which does look a little i've, I've seen some some pictures of the front suspension and because i'm not a technical super nerd but i like to try and understand it um, i'm no jake boxall leg and uh he won't mind me calling him a technical super nerd uh because uh, that's his expertise uh, but i was like okay oh, i'm trying to work out what's different about the suspension but then you look at a side to side and that uh, that top wishbone i think it is it joins right at the top of the yeah, you know, the chassis where the you know the logos and the uh, the driver numbers are. So that is quite a big a big change. Uh, the floor fences, the side pod inlets, and you say the side pods and the bodywork. That is the thing that looks the most conventional about the Mercedes Benz. Now, my,
1: my understanding uh, is that the suspension is to help the floor changes. Sort of that's that's to help with the load in that area of the car as well. So the front, the benefit of the front will help. Far further back in the car, which um, I don't know why I'm actually doing actions there as well, demonstrating front and back. No one can see me, but you know, um, and I can. Yeah, it's, it's amusing for you watching me do a <laughs> it's good for me. weird dance almost, but you know that, that that's what the benefit of that is.
0: Oh, and then uh, that in you know, that different rear wing as well. Um, and some other changes. And, of course, so much of the of the car is the bits that we can't see, but we're looking forward to um, seeing, you know, if not this weekend, then what it does to their pace at, at Barcelona, which is, you know, the ultimate testing ground, if not the ultimate racetrack in terms of action, uh, is certainly the ultimate place where teams can go and they've got all the data in the world on what the cars should be doing around that track, So, and then what the changes are doing to it. So um, the other big story this week, of course, was Honda, returning uh, once again uh, to Formula One, a uh, change of the boardroom and, uh, you know, as you were, uh, not so fast, my friends. <laughs> Don't unpack your bags. You're going back to Formula One. Um, a, a big story with with Aston Martin, a full works partnership with Aston Martin who are customers of Mercedes right now, the engines and uh, transmission and, and, and all the, the kind of the back end of the car, really. So Aston Martin will have to do it all themselves. Didn't even talk about gearboxes this week. We're focused on on engines what has now that we've been in the paddock and our our news guys have been speaking to everyone we did catch up with christian horner what's he had to say about
1: honda's return he's been um i don't know how deliberately polite it was um but he's been very polite about it um and but he said so that red bull had outgrown being a customer team and that the jump, the decision from Honda to leave F1 gave them the push to make that jump themselves. Um, so he said in a perverse way, really, they should be grateful to Honda. Um, Max Verstappen has, sort of, he said, that he's disappointed by by this sort of he's, He he was sort of saddened almost to see see them join someone else, um, especially with the success that they've had, which which makes sense. Um, But Christian questioned, would they have gone in the same direction, knowing that Honda's decision would be to come back? Absolutely not. They would have stuck with Honda. Um, So you've got to feel it's a bit bittersweet for Red Bull, really, um, because the relationship with Renault deteriorated. That had to go in the end. And then they've built this dominant partnership with with Honda. And it's of it's going to come to an end and dare i suggest they're a little bit concerned maybe about how how they'll do with ford over how they could have done continuing with honda yeah so i have read so many
0: things this week from you know the internet capital letters on each of those from people who who seem like they know what they're talking about and and describing the way that the engines turn up from Honda to Red Bull powertrains in a crate all sealed up so they are still arriving but also how that Red Bull powertrains has grown to be this great organization how they've taken some of the best and brightest minds in Formula One from their competitors to go and run Red Bull powertrains and work there which of course has not only helped them but weakened their competitors and they've they've built this whole bit of the business that doesn't really get talked about too much so it's sort of it's a little bit Honda it's a little bit Red Bull and then um, and then of course Ford coming in which some people think is nothing more than a sticker on the side of the car which some people think is just going to be for the electric bits from 2026 because ford going big into electrification for their road cars and other people still think that it's it's going to be a a ford engine but there we'll wait and see where that goes uh right so final question i had for you on this one was earlier this week I don't know where they came from. The Hamilton to Ferrari rumours surfaced again. I can never see it happening. I said this on the podcast and the video on YouTube earlier this week. He's been Mercedes since karting, whether that was through the supplier deal with McLaren and then as the works team. I don't know what Lewis Hamilton gets. Financially, €40 million a year was, was suggested. Lewis Hamilton does not need any more money. Physically, he can't spend it all. It's not a cash thing. It's like, does he want to go racing in red at least once in his career? I don't buy it. Has anything been said in the uh, Monaco pit and paddock about those those rumours,
1: wherever they came from this week? Well, Ferrari said pretty st- sort of straight that they have not made an offer to Lewis and they're not going to be making an offer to Lewis. Um And then Lewis, when he was speaking on Thursday, he said sort of that. Naturally, when you're in contract negotiations, there's always going to be speculation, and he thinks that ultimately that's exactly what we've got here. And he says, unless you hear it from me, it's speculation. That's all it is. So he he did point out a couple of people and said, sort of, and I, 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 that he knows that's where stories have come from. But it does seem like he's going to stay at Mercedes. I mean, there there is this romantic notion that everyone wants to race in red once i mean sort of oh, offer either of us a red race suit and i'm sure would be there in a heartbeat um i'd give it a go i'd be terrible I'd give exactly it a there, but there's this romance around ferrari that it's inescapable and i think and t- even after he retires from f1 i think we'll be getting rumors that and reports that lewis is going to join ferrari lewis is set for a stunning comeback to ferrari i am in your camp i don't see it ever happening if i'm entirely honest
0: well that is our podcast for today sam thank you thank you very much for your first appearance may it not be the last hopefully you'll be back on again very soon i might need to uh nudge hayden out of the way for the friday podcast but we'd love to get you back on at some point soon so thank you for that Thanks for coming me. on you can uh, if you want to uh, follow what Sam does on lineautosport.com you'll see his name cropping up now uh, online and in the magazine and It's great to have him as part of the as the Autosport and motorsport.com team you can follow him on his socials if you want to at SH underscore 48 racing SH sh_48 underscore 48 numbers and then racing. and uh, and find out what he's got uh, on his mind. Thank you very much for listening to this one. We'll catch you tomorrow with Jake boxall Leg as qualifying the most important Saturday. I'll wheel that one out again in the whole season. Uh, The qualifying podcast will be on the air tomorrow night. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next one.